Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Check, check. We are recording. Check. All right. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Um, here with Daniel Powinski. I am Eduardo Manteca. And um, yeah, so we want to kind of jump right into continuing the conversations we've been having in the last week or two. And more specifically, something to do with um, something more specific. And in this case, natural law. And, um, you know, what it mean, what its meaning really is. And and kind of take a deep dive into that. Um, and as always, I'll let Daniel sort of go right into natural law. And, and Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it, natural law too, it's, it's one of the things that we've already been studying through these past four episodes that we've already done. Everything we've covered is really along the lines of natural law. So we've already really kind of covered this, but what we're going to kind of start looking at today is the principles that actually have been developed. So the first thing we should really do is kind of look at what is natural law. So if we can kind of start defining it and understanding really what its role is and what natural law is really going to be is this is almost the principles that have been put in place in the universe that are what you call immutable. So immutable means they just cannot be changed. So it really kind of comes down to learning these principles and aligning yourself with these principles. And that's really kind of what the, um, what the goal is in learning, learning natural law. So there's two factors in human consciousness. So there's a deterministic factor and there's a free will factor. Okay. And this is really where, this is where almost like religion and science kind of breaks off. Okay. And this is why science today cannot connect with religion. And this is why religion can't connect with science. And Mm. it really kind of comes down to this principle because most religions kind of believe in a more of a deterministic ending. So they believe that the entire universe is almost preordained. Everything that's going to happen is happening and it's all going to evolve and it's all going to kind of, the waves are already collapsing and there's nothing you can do. That's what you would almost see in like any kind of fundamental religion. Mm -hmm. Um, Like fundamental Christians believe that the whole world has already been preordained. They don't really believe in free will. Um, where when you kind of go to the opposite end of that spectrum, you have free will. And then that's where you have individuals believing that everything is our choice and everything kind of comes down to us. There's really not like a deterministic factor of the universe. And where occultists are going to kind of come in is right on that middle path. And again, mm-hmm. That middle path is so important. That's the reason why Buddha walks the middle path, right? This is what Jesus called the way. Um, This is why when you're activating the two hemispheres of your brain, you do it through that middle chamber, right? Um, So the idea that there's a deterministic side of the universe and there's a free will component, and it's almost a dance. So it's a dance between the natural law principles, which are those deterministic, and the free will principles, which is how we can actually choose what to think, what to feel, who to love. These are our free will principles. And sometimes our free will, the natural law principles are so 
intact, like the deterministic is so strong that our free will might not be, we might not have a choice in something, but we always have a choice on how we react to something. And that's really important. So you might not have a physical choice in a situation, but you can always, you always have the free will decision of how you react to a certain event, how you react to a certain emotion. Um, so really that coming together between the two and that's that dance between the natural law principles of the world and then that free will component. And it's, again, meeting in that middle path. That middle path is going to be so important moving forward. Um, so what we're going to really kind of discuss today is what are those natural law principles that we need to be aware of? What are those deterministic, immutable laws that have been put into motion by what you would consider the creator or the universal energy what those principles are and how do you align yourself and how can you use these principles later on to benefit yourself. But the first thing you have to do is just identify them. So again, this is going to be information that was very much hidden and allegorical through majority of human history. So this is where alchemy is going to come in with all the different talking of the metals, um, the transmutation from lead to gold. It was always going to be something that's going to be very almost hidden. Mm -hmm. So in the past, you would have to be an adept. Somebody would have to teach you alchemical symbolism to be able to read the literature. It would almost be written so a layman could read this stuff and just not know what's going on. So they did this on purpose. So everything was very much veiled. So you had to know the code to be able to get the information. So it wasn't until right around the turn of the 20th century, so the early 1900s, that there was an individual who published a book, and it's just called By the Three Adepts. Um, but there's kind of speculation of the occultist that actually wrote this book. But there's a book, and it's the first book that we're actually addressing. And I would love to, as this podcast kind of goes on and as we write more blogs, I would love to kind of start creating like a resource list for individuals that yeah, are interested. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you know. And so the book we're going to be talking about today is The Kybalion. Hmm. So The Kybalion is very unique because this is the first time that these principles were really put out to you just straightforward. So what the Kybalion does is it takes the seven hermetic principles of the past. And again, these come from Egypt, ancient Greece, Babylon, and they almost decipher them and put them almost in layman applicable information. Um, Can I interrupt really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Is this where I've heard in regards to the Kybalion, the lips of wisdom are not ready for those who are not ready to or to not ready to, 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 to like listen to yes. or understand Yes, the this. lips are sealed to the those who sealed. don't want to listen. Right. Exactly. So okay. just to clarify. I was yeah, just no, that's where that quote comes from. Um, that. And that's really what it's kind of based upon. So this is really kind of the, this book was really a de-occulting book because it really gave people a key to start kind of going back and looking at alchemy. Because again, all this, all this information in the past, you really would have to go through initiation to understand it. And really depending on where you financially stood or where maybe your education was, initiation wasn't really open to the lower or the middle class. It was kind of saved for the upper class. So unless you were a independent alchemist, which you'll see throughout history, they're amazing individuals, you wouldn't really know this information. Um, and it could it would just be too hard to kind of understand. So yeah, that's where that, that quote's going to come from from the Kybalion. And the Kybalion does a great job of defining the seven hermetic principles and almost kind of putting it out there, kind of just what we're doing in an applicable way for you to understand them. So a couple of these principles we've already kind of covered. Um, 
patterns, we, right? We, patterns. So patterns are not actually one of them, but we have the law of rhythm, the law of cause and effect. These are ones that we've already covered, but in the future, we're really kind of looking to uncover these a little bit more. We're going to go a little bit more in depth, especially in cause and effect, because cause and effect is so, so important. Um, but with what one thing we kind of want to talk about, even though the Kaibalian is a simple book to read, and you don't even have to actually pay for this book because the copyright is over. If you have access to online, you obviously do if you're listening to this podcast. It's open source, so you can really get this book digitally anywhere. Um, I think there's even audiobooks of it on YouTube, and I think there's an audiobook on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, so a lot of people have – this is a very important book. So even for people that aren't spiritual, like we said, there's individuals that are trying to improve – financially right. read the Kybalians, trying to improve mentally, they read the Kybalian. We're really kind of looking at the spiritual aspects because we kind of believe if you get spiritual gold, material and mental gold will follow. Um, Is this where people have kind of thrown the mix in between um, the secret, you know, people? Yeah, so I this, know is people the real, this would be the real the law of real. attraction. So yep. the secret does a good job of, you know, as you think you attract, but the secret is just really a watered down one of these principles. And you're going to see that through a lot of um, spiritual books like that, or spiritual books they're they're touching on it or yeah. So they're going to kind of touch on a lot of motivational speakers. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Motivational speakers are going to kind of grab and choose parts of these books, but this is really the complete one. And it's only, I want to say it's just over a hundred pages. It's very precise. Yeah. Very concise, direct information. And it's one of those books that, you could read it once and you could read it a hundred times. Every time you read it, you're going to pick up something more. It's that's like a great that point. iceberg. No, that's you know, true. So it's a forever study, Yeah, um, which is occultism and esoteric study in general. But really these hermetic principles, you could study them for a lifetime and you're always going to uncover something more. Um, that's the thing with principles and that's the thing with symbols. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a symbol is worth a million pictures, right? So- it's just there's so much in those. So what we're going to really kind of look at today is really what these natural law components are, these seven principles. And the one we're going to focus on today is the first law, and that's the law of mentalism. Now, how we're going to approach the law of mentalism is we're going to discuss it today, then we're going to work our way through the principles, and then we're going to come back and kind of finish up with the law of mentalism, because the law of mentalism is... It's so important to understand this information. It's the first principle for a reason. But the law of mentalism also gives us an understanding of why the story of creation is the story we were given and why so many religious and sacred texts revolve around certain stories of creation and what that means. So that's going to get a little bit deeper. And I really kind of feel we don't want to shake anybody off at first. So we're going to give more of the applicable side of the law of mentalism first then we'll go through these seven hermetic principles, and then we're going to come back and look at creation because really that's what's going to tie the whole story together and really give you the idea that you'll almost start seeing what the difference between a master builder and an instruction follower is and who's a creator and who's a follower. And it's all in that aspect. It's all in that story. So it's very important. So really what we want to cover today is just the law of mentalism. And that's the idea is that All is thought. So everything is derived from thought. And that's really, really crucial for us to understand. Um, And that's also why when we were breaking down the brain, it's 
As I think, so I feel, so I act. Again, this is why Dorothy meets the Scarecrow first. Thought energy is always going to be that first energy, right? So thought form, the understanding that this whole universe is the creation of thought form energy. And thoughts are what create everything. So there's nothing that can actually be in our environment, in our reality, that did not come first as a thought. As a thought, yeah. Right. So even if we like think about like a spoon, a spoon had to be an idea and it had to be constructed before we could use it as a spoon. And even if it happened on accident, right? Say somebody was just like, oh, I'm just like going to scoop up food with this thing. They realized through their thought energy, like, hey, this scoops up food really good. That thought came in to be like, you can use this again as a tool, right? So that thought energy is the fundamental energy that's behind everything. So pulling that forward, your thoughts really create your reality. Right. And this is why it's so important. This is why we tackled in the early episodes, controlling that CEO of your brain, right? This is why you defeat the dragon, save the princess, and then you rule from that top neocortex, because that's where all that information is coming from. And that's really what's going to create your reality. So your reality is going to be dependent on what thoughts you're thinking and what thoughts you're putting into emotion. So as I think, so I feel, so I act. So your thought comes in and then the emotion is the spirit in which you do things. So that's what's actually going to give you energy to put that into action. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so important with that thought power. So we don't realize how many negative thoughts we have in a day. I do it all the time. So I have this thought period in my mind that, and this is, again, we, Eddie and I will tell you this till we're blue in the face. We're working through this process. We're doing all this, this whole process with you as together. Um, This is a lifelong process of training your thoughts and you're never done with them, right? I've always been under the thought process and I've said it out loud sometimes of anytime I come across money, I have a bill that comes in that I was unforeseen. Yeah. This is a thought creation that I have put out into the universe because my thoughts are actually going to attract things to me. So it's in my mind that I'm, I've got this thought that when I come across money, say I get money from like selling business or I get money, a relative just comes in and gives me some money or some, somehow I come into money. I always have a big bill that comes afterwards. This is my own doing. This is my own because I've created that thought the universe thinks that's what I want to do. It's like, oh, Daniel got money coming in. When Daniel gets money, we need a bowl. Of, there needs to be some kind of bill that needs to be attracted to it. So really what it needs to be is I need to change that thought energy to be like, when I get money, I'm able to save that money or I'm able to spend that money on something I want, right? Changing that thought energy. Always being like, there's a reason why really rich people don't hang out with poor people. And it's because rich people have a thought thought in their mind that I am, I am rich. I, I have enough money. I'm, I I have an abundance of money, right? Yes. Where if you talk to somebody who doesn't have as much money in their mindset, they're already kind of admitting that they don't have enough money. Oh, I'm poor. I, I never, I just have enough money to get by. I just have enough money to pay my bills. Because they're creating those thought patterns of, mm. oh, this and this, this, right? So the universe wants to give you 
wants to attract this stuff. So like when you were talking about the secret, the law of attraction is very real. But how are you, what thoughts are you kind of creating? And thoughts are tough because a thought is like a train, right? It it comes and it goes, it comes and it goes, and we really don't control our thoughts. So really what you really want to do is gaining control of those thoughts and then taking that thought energy and aligning it to the truth we were talking about and using how can I take my thoughts and raise them up, those octaves. Yeah, make it um, so, you know, how you think, so you act. And so one of the things you were saying about that, that, with financial status is those who are already thinking they are less than have already created themselves as less than because they're acting that way. And you you can see that if you put an individual who doesn't align to that with someone who's like, no, but that's what, that's what's on my card. Like, this is what I'm seeing right now. It's like, this is what I think of myself and this is how, but the the other, the opposing person might say, well, yeah, that's why I don't want to hang out with you because like, you're already acting like you're less than like, I'm actually here to hang out with you because I think you have somewhat of value. And that's when you'll see someone of a higher status, sometimes raise someone to their level, which is what you'll hear. Like even people, I think celebrities will talk about like, oh, I was, I was a nobody until I met this guy. And he like, but really what he did is he just raised that ability for that raised person, that, exactly. that vibration to tell him like, no, you are more than that. But you need to start thinking that way too. You can't just, you know, does that make sense? Right, right. And so you're going to see it through financial aspects. You're going to see it through mental aspects, through great teachers you have. You're like, oh, I'm not smart enough to learn this subject. Right. And then you have a right teacher come by and be like, you are smart enough for this subject. And they kind of raise you up. You can see that with spirituality, right? You find the right spiritual teacher. If you're in a religion, maybe you find the right priest who's just like, no, I can, I can help you get to that spiritual aspect that you're looking to get to. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why it's so important to really surround yourself with people that want the best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, we were kind of talking about that with, you know, last week with almost like patterns, but you, the people you choose to spend time with, especially your friendship, because friendship is, it's always held a special place in the occult because friendship is the only relationship that you're not really dependent on that person for anything. So your mother, your father, and your sisters, you love them, but there's like an exchange. Your mother and father, they take care of you, or if it could have been your grandparents or whoever was your caretaker, right? Your brothers and your sisters could be your best friends, but you're also bounded by blood, right? There was, you were born into this clan together. So you could be best friends and you could totally relate on that or you might not be you might not be really close to it friendship is the only one and then like you look at you like your romantic partners well there's there's an interchange that happens there there could be like you know as on top of taking care of each other there's a sexual interchange there's an emotional support friendship is the only one that is just a free will decision you have complete choice on who your friends are going to be and it's so important when you talk about your thought energy you want to be around the friends that want the best for you and are always looking for you to be the best, right? So when you have these phases of incubation from a caterpillar to a butterfly, you don't want your friends to be like, oh, you've changed. You want your friends to be like, man, your wings look beautiful. Like, look at what you did. And that's so important, right? They don't want you just to be like, oh, you used to like crawl on the ground with me. And like, I kind of wanted to stay crawling on the ground. And now you're like, all flying around with pretty wings, you know? You don't want those friends. You want the friends that are, like, stoked for you. They're like, ah, you're looking beautiful up there. Look at the perspective you have. And, like, can you help me get up there? And then you're like, of course, you're my friend. I'm going to help you get up here. So friendship, and again, we're just kind of, like, jumping into it. But, again, a friendship comes from, like, your thoughts. You know, your thoughts are your attracting things. And you really want somebody who's going to 
furnace your thoughts and really raise those thoughts at those musical notes that we were talking about, those octaves, right? You're always vibrating those seven steps next octave. So you always kind of want those thoughts coming from that highest octave. And it's so, so important. So one aspect that we kind of look at with thought energy is really what are you doing with your thoughts? And are you in control of your thoughts? Because we get to a point where we almost can get programmed to where we aren't even controlling our thoughts. If we're not controlling our thoughts, we're not controlling our reactions. And this is really where it kind of comes into, and it's a great example. If, if you've never seen the movie, I know what kind of out of the blue sounds like an interesting one to choose, but the Lego movie is all about this thought energy. Now, we'll get deep into the Lego movie when we really talk about the hero's journey. But in the Lego movie, there's two different types of individuals. There's a master builder and there's an instruction follower. Master builders don't need instructions and they can create any kind of thing they want in the Lego universe and they create it with their minds and they can actually manifest it. An instruction follower needs instructions to be able to complete anything. And this really kind of, if you start really breaking down society, you have master builders and you have instruction followers. You have the leaders of industry, you have the innovative individuals, and then you have the individuals who kind of need a blueprint. And now there's certain things, like if you're learning a topic or you're learning a subject, you're going to need those blueprints. But after a while, you want to be able to create. And really what that kind of comes down to is the master builder is just the idea that you can be that creator. This is why... Jesus in Christianity was a carpenter. He was a master builder. This is why Freemasons are all carpenters and they all degree with angles because they're master builders. And this is why pretty much all of our presidents, anybody who's in the Senate, anybody who's in Congress, if you look at anybody in the Forbes like 100 list are all Freemasons, it's because they understand these aspects of being a master builder, using that information and understanding that you create with your thoughts. And that's where causality comes in. And we'll get into cause and effect, but everything starts in the thought process. And it's about taking that thought process to that highest level. And again, with aligning it with truth and kind of finding what your bliss is and what your importance is and finding yourself will help you climb that ladder to almost... I don't know if channel is the right word, but almost channeling through the highest aspect you can. You know, you can be shooting out for a low aspect or a high aspect, and you always want to be kind of going from the highest aspect of your thoughts, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, so as we kind of think about how, um, you know, thought energy works we really, it starts to kind of come down to that idea of, you know, how do I make this thought energy work? What am I doing with that? And is it aligned with truth? And is it aligned with truth? And that's so important. And that's, again, that's why we went through these in that basic setup that we've done. We went through the esoteric brain, understood how you want to operate that. And then always, how do we align that with truth? So how do we keep crossing paths with the yellow brick road and staying on it with truth? And again, that comes with, like we said, from these last weeks, that comes with pattern recognition and it comes with the expansion of consciousness, which we learned is just really pattern recognition. You know, expansion of consciousness, again, when people are saying like, oh, I'm seeing with open eyes for the first time. Again, it's not like they're seeing better. It's not like they're seeing physically 2020. 
They're just seeing the patterns and the correspondence of patterns in their lives. So very, very interesting. Again, this is, we'll kind of get into where this kind of comes into with the idea of creation. Um, This is what the story of Adam and Eve is. This is what the tree of knowledge is all about. This is all what the path is. This is the ladder back to heaven. This is when hermeticism, it's the fall from matter. This is the story really that kind of like, like almost underlines creation. And it's because as a thought, we partake in what the creator is and the, the creator is thought energy. So when we partake in thoughts, that is like our God aspect. And that's again, why we use that at the CEO of our brain. And that's why it's the first thing that comes in as I think, so I feel, so I act. Mm-hmm. So really the idea that we really kind of want to also focus on today is if our thoughts create our reality, it really gives us a new perspective on the understanding of what heaven and hell is. So heaven and hell is not really an afterlife story. You create heaven and you create hell with your thoughts. So if you, the higher the thoughts, the finer the substance, the closer you're going to be to heaven, the denser the thoughts, the more materialistic and heavy your thoughts are, that's going to be the closer to hell. So Again, you can have all the financial success and you can have all these things, but if you don't have anything that's getting you almost closer to that creator and those finer substance of thoughts where we see within spirituality and the understanding of the self, you can still be living in a hell and you can have all the physical things you want. And you see that. You see the depression light rate with some of the richest people in the world because they don't have that connection. And then that's why you could be walking in We've done some traveling. You could be walking in Guatemala or Nepal, and you could see an individual who physically doesn't have anything, and they're at more peace than the individual who's a CEO of a company, right? So it just shows, too, that these are a currency, and you have that choice in your thought power if you're living in a heaven and you if you're living in a hell. And climbing that ladder is is almost a hard thing to do because until you climb that ladder, you don't perceive those finer vibrations, right? So the more materialistic you are, the heavier, the heavier the substance is, the more angelic you get and the closer you get up to heaven, the finer the particles are, right? This is why angels fly, yeah, this is, yep. right? Because they take themselves lightly, right? This is why it's, there's certain times in your life it doesn't depend it doesn't matter if you were spiritual before but you can have a spiritual experience say you're at your wedding you're at the wedding of a good friend a birth of a baby even the passing of a loved one you open yourself up to some finer substances now these finer substances are always around us but if we're not aware of them we don't perceive them right so what we really want to do is get our thoughts to where we're always touching those finer substances and participating in them, if that makes sense. Oh, it know? does. It does. I mean, it's like buying a good time versus having a good time. So people want to always think, well, no, like my intentions are in the right place. I want to take my family out. I want to, I want to do these things to ensure a good time. But 
that in itself is starting to weigh you down because of the expectations you're putting onto not just yourself, but the situation that hasn't come about yet. And I, I see that with people who become their worst enemy by trying to buy that versus just letting it happen. They're like, well, how do I just let it happen? I'm like, well, if you genuinely want to just be with this person, they do also. And if that exchange is all that's needed, you will see things happen within that situation that you couldn't have predicted yourself, which is when you get people talking about things like, and I know we'll talk about this down the line, but I love talking about these things, coincidences. People will say, this is a coincidence. I'm like, no, you were just coexisting in this moment, very much at peace in a lighter sense of, of the situation where you're like, I didn't need much, but I somehow got everything out of that, you know? And people are shocked to see that happen. You know, they're like, when I let go of everything or I let go of that grip, it all just seemed to have worked out for me or for us or for the situation that should have just happened. It's like, I'm just hanging out with my friend, you know, but if I put too much weight onto this, you know, both parties will feel it. And then you're constantly wondering like, well, what went wrong? You know, it's like, well. Right. Oh, no, it's, it makes so much sense to say some like friends are coming into town and you plan like this big event. Um, and you like, you're planning, you get everybody in the right spot. You guys have this dinner party set up, right. And you have this like big table and you get there and it's kind of loud in the restaurant. And like, you can't really hear anybody beyond the two people you're sitting next to. And there's a lot of confusion and there's just like all these factors that come in and this big night that you were so excited about, you kind of leave and you're like, well, that wasn't as satisfying as maybe a night that all of your friends just kind of came and you guys were just like hanging out in the backyard. Maybe one of them friends was like just dropping something off and they kind of hung out for a little while and you ended up having like the best night of your life. And all you did was maybe have like a beer or a cocktail on your back patio. It's that whole idea of not forcing it, synchronicities, right? right? And it's just such an important thing for us to realize and to kind of see. Um, and just that idea of, again, just kind of following that thought energy and realizing that that's what's going to create stuff, you know? And also, how do we utilize that energy to create what we want? Right, right. right. And understanding why it is a higher a higher state. So what I mean by higher state is I've, I've had this conversation with my mom and that is that I just want to see you. You know, my mom lives in Washington. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very far away from her in this state that we're in. So it's hard for me to, to want to plan so much when I see her. If I just tell her all I want to do is just see you. It's a very, um, it's a pure thought because it's just a son wanting to see his mother. So we're never at, we're never at a conflict when we talk about meeting because the basis of our meeting is just to see each other and be in each other's presence. And that itself, even just talking right now makes me feel 10 times lighter than trying to force so much that, you know, you go back down to, I know this sounds extreme, but you back down to, to make the comparison of heaven and hell, but to that hell. So you can have all the money in the world, but you're like, again, I, I didn't, I didn't connect with my own, mother, a divine sense of, of, of this conversation or a individual, like my own mother, I wasn't even able to like get to her because I put so much weight onto just trying to like impress her or do things for the wrong reason. So again, um, that's where I really like your comparison to heaven and hell is just like, if, if the, you know, the situation is only calling for something as pure as me interacting with my mom. Well, then that's all it's needed. And, you know, right. and you can feel that you're just like, you know what, that's all we really needed was each other. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I think 
You know, again, heaven exists and we can produce it. And it comes through channeling those thoughts and taking him through the highest output that we can put him through. And again, it's a process that you have to work on every day and it's never ending. And again, with understanding these principles and as we kind of get deeper into these principles, realize that there's no end to any of these lessons. And we'll probably come back around once we cover more topics and cover mentalism again, cover the law of vibration cover all these infinite things because they're just so, so important. And again, that we talked about patterns and vibrations last week. Your thought form is literally a vibration. You can actually see this vibration when you're hooked up to a certain kind of machine that can perceive it. And what is the pattern? What is that vibration? Where are the pattern of your thoughts coming from? And how do you change that pattern? So really all this, all this information is going to dance and have that work in and out with itself. And it's just, again, kind of witnessing that dance and being that responsible, sovereign individual to be able to channel that correct thought, emotion, and action. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do believe everything else will just fall right into place. That's kind of what I was trying to say with my rant. But it's like, I've seen it happen. You know, it's like when you let it, when when you're, when you can actually, I think what one thing that's important, especially with this podcast and we talk about you know, bettering the self is just the questioning of your thoughts. Like something you just said about 10 seconds ago, you said questioning those thoughts. It's interesting how a lot of people don't ever go down that. I mean, I always find that interesting that people take them a long time to realize like, well, if my thoughts are my reality, then what else have I not been, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been made aware of that. Uh, until now maybe hopefully right. now as you listen to this podcast you're being made aware of it but it's interesting that we're never something so powerful like our thoughts has never really been um confronted to be like question that thought or where is it coming from and why are you thinking like that because if you don't question then then your reality will continue to just be right you know existing right. in this yep. horrible and in the case of a, of a bad thought and a horrible uh, consequence you know you can never get the the change you want out in front of your eyes until you change the thought within your eyes. Yeah, so it's always going to... And again, that comes down to that deterministic ideal. It's that machine aspect of the universe is what you put in, right? input, process, right. output. So it's just like gravity. The universe, what you think, it's going to track towards you. So it's not going to cipher through be like oh well did he really mean that or is he just having a bad day did he really mean to put that self-defeating thought in his mind or am i supposed to have a big bill coming like i I don't know if he really meant that the universe doesn't care it's just an input process output this is what you think this is the process this is the output you're going to get so really it it just comes down to responsibility Mm -hmm. and sovereignty and being responsible for your own thoughts and when you're responsible for your own thoughts, then you can start being more responsible for your emotions and your actions. And you will be proud once you become responsible for your thoughts. Once you see what manifest, you'll be proud that you're responsible for them because you're actually going to like the manifestation that's happening in front of you rather than now where you just feel like, you know, you feel like you're on a boat and there's just a bunch of waves coming at you when really you have the ability to, even though there's going to be waves in the universe and there's going to be waves in society and our cultures, you're still in charge of how you set your sail and you're the one that's reverting around those waves. So yeah, you can take a wave head on, but it was probably a thought form that made you take that wave head on. You probably could have averted around it 
right? So it all kind of comes down to the self and that responsibility for that self and really just taking the responsibility for yourself and caring for yourself and taking that understanding that you are responsible to care for yourself just as much as you care for other people. And I think Jordan Peterson put it that really well. He does it in his, I think it's his 12 rules for living, Mm -hmm. but he talks about you care so much for other people, right? So, you know, say we're taking care of like an elder, elderly relative, like we're going to make sure they take their medicine. We're going to make sure they have all their essentials. And then it's so funny, like if the doctor prescribes me stuff, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll get it filled today. I might get it filled tomorrow. Right. And it's, why did that responsibility change? Why is it that for this other individual, I'm so, so worried about it. And then when it comes down to me, I can just kind of like almost like shake it off. Right. You need to have that same. It's easier to take responsibility for someone else other than yourself. And you want to take responsibility for yourself because you really can't take care of anybody else truly until you take care of yourself. So it's almost a selfish thing not to take care of yourself because when you're a hundred percent, you can give a hundred percent. Right. If you're only 50%, you're only going to be able to give 50%. We want to give a hundred percent all the time. And we really want to, you know, what happens to when we now when we think about this, if we our thoughts create a reality, what if we probably have about twenty to thirty percent good positive thoughts in our mind now? What happens if we change that to fifty or sixty percent and then we make our way up to seventy percent? What if we could get to a hundred percent that our thoughts are always coming from the highest statue possible in our mind? And I mean as as we keep climbing, we keep getting higher, but it's always from the highest aspect. What good would come from for ourselves? And what good would come into our environment? You know, you we all want to change the world, but you have to change yourself first. It's impossible to change the world before you change yourself. Yeah. And we can see that with the world we are living in, a, the most interesting time. You and I were just talking about it before we went on air. Um, we're in the middle of a um, COVID and living in Phoenix, Arizona. We're in a, a physical curfew. Like we have to cut our podcast tonight because we have an 8 p.m. curfew because of rioting. Um, I don't want you getting in trouble. I, I don't want to get in trouble either. I don't Such need you driving. I, I'm the worst at talking to cops. So that would never <laughs> be good. Um, but again, we're seeing all this static in our lives. And I, and we were just talking about how important it was for this podcast to come out when it did, because again, we see all these individuals on both sides, really trying to make change happen. And it really kind of comes down to self-knowledge first. And if we start understanding ourselves and seeing how we are all universally collected and connected, we can transcend these problems so quick, much quicker. And we can transcend these problems peacefully and through the aspect of love and not through the aspect of fear, which is what we're getting pumped through. And now, again, we understand how the media works. We understand all this stuff that they're kind of really the ones that are pumping in this fear. But we really need to remember at this time that you have that choice in your thoughts of is it going to come from a place of love or is it going to come from a place of fear? And you always want to come from a place of love. And that's not only with your own thoughts or how you think about yourself, but how you think about other people, how you think about other people in other right. communities. No, I, oh man, it's funny how this, this goes back to, to a story involving you. Um, so when I was 21, I was so excited to go visit Daniel in Australia. And I might. 
Dan- terrible <laughs> Daniel was out there, and uh, and I was I was really excited to to be out there and, and join him and um, and go scuba dive the Barrier Reef and all this stuff that goes in with it. But the 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 main principle here, or the main idea of this story here, is thoughts. So I was already so excited I'd surrendered to the idea that what a privilege it is to even be able to travel across so many miles of open ocean just to get to this other part of the world and and what will I find and what will I discover and that innocence of of a young person wanting to to you know immerse themselves in something new allowed me to be at ease so following my flight from Phoenix to LA I ended up getting to the Qantas um or in the side of the airport where where I was going to be boarding with Qantas there was just this uproar with people and I remember everyone was upset and I said, well, that's interesting that this mob of people here is just kind of not making a lot of sense, but it's what you would see out of any cartoon of just a bunch of, you know, Mm -hmm. nonsensical, uh, fists in the air. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I walk up to the individual to check, um, with my flight and his face, his face was just petrified. I'll never forget that. Uh, I didn't understand why his face looked so concerned. I just assumed he's had a rough day. Because I'm so excited, because I'm ready to board this flight, when he breaks the news to me that they missed the curfew for the last flight coming out of Sydney to get to LA, and that our flight has now been moved to the following day, he had been so um, subjected to just... I don't know how many insults and so many blames that I had no idea that that's what I had just missed. So when he told me, I'm sorry to inform you that your flight is not taking off till tomorrow at 7 a.m., I smiled and said, well, it's not like it's your fault. I said, it's okay. I mean, what do I have to do? He looked at me with complete disbelief. This is a true story. And he said, I'm so glad you haven't even reacted in a negative way like fashion because all those people over there the mob that i was talking about in the story they're all mad they're furious and anyways he's like hang on tight i'm gonna do something for you so again i if you can picture me i'm just this like gullible kid in the airport at lax and i'm like well all i said was i just met him eye to eye that's all i did and i just basically reacted in a way that i thought most people would react but because that's not the truth because my thoughts allowed me to just be a little more at ease and see him as a person. He ended up taking care of me through the whole process. So what he did is he called me a private cab that the airport paid for it. And he looked at me and said, I want you to look at all those people over there. All those people over there who are angry don't realize that we're putting them up on the Marriott tonight. They're all going to have their hotel room and we're all going to take a shuttle or we're going to have a shuttle pick him up from here at the airport, take him to the Marriott, and bring him back in the morning. But because of the way you just acted, I want you to know that that shuttle's not coming for another 35 to maybe an hour uh, time before they get on to that shuttle. So I just called you a cab. It should be coming. Um, so just hang on outside. I'll let you know when they call me and then they're here. And so I ended up getting a cab to this hotel. So this went from, in the time that this all happened within 30 minutes. I went from asking where my flight was to then being given a cab, a hotel room. And on top of all that, I took a nap in the hotel room, woke up to a cart that was inside of the room full of treats. So just, you know, whatever you can think of that the hotel 
had as a complimentary cart with a thank you card from that man. So for me, I was just like, I don't know what I just did, but this is fantastic, you know? And of course I could say, well, I was just being kind, but I knew that I had an option or I had the option to be part of that mob and think like they were, which is like, oh, if you're mad, then I should be mad because we're all mad because we all spent a lot of money to fly to Australia. Or I can just, you know, take a step back and really, you know, address this with the individual as just as an equal. Yeah. And that's all that happened. That's all it was. It wasn't like a big, you know, uh, turn of events. It's just, it was simple enough to see that, okay, my thoughts really will change how my outcomes will be from here on out. Right. And, uh, and that trip was a fantastic trip. Oh, we had such a good time. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. We had such a good time. (laughs) But yeah, I hope that story, I mean, kind of like enlightens some people or at least gives you an example for what Daniel's explaining with, with thought, because it's very real. Well, yeah, I think too, what you kind of just brought up there was a great example too, of what we were talking about with the free will principle. So again, free will is a really, people make it a complicated um, subject, kind of like truth and they overcomplicate it and obfuscate it. But free will, if you really want to break it down to easy is free will is how you react to a situation. And that's always going to be a free will thing. So again, that controlling aspect of the universe made it so your flight wasn't going to come in till or wasn't going to leave till the next day, right? There was nothing you could have done, right? There was a deterministic aspect. Your free will was how you reacted to the individual and you threw it through a channel of love and understanding rather than fear and hate and anger. So you channeled that thought through the highest aspect it could have come because that energy was going to come anyways. You were going to think exactly. about how, like, how am I going to react to this? So that thought was coming, but you channeled it through the highest aspect you could, and that was a free will decision. So free will really comes down to, and I know we weren't going to plan it on talking about free will today, but when the opportunity arises and we have free will, we can do what we want. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's how we react to a situation. And that was a perfect example of that. Um, and I really want the all of our listeners, and I know you're, you're, you're aware of this, but just remember, you always have a free will decision to how you react in a situation. And are you going to approach it with love and understanding or are you going to approach it with fear and hate? And, you know, you're always going to be checking yourself and you're always want to be aware of it, but it's your free will principle. And it's going to, again, it's that the dance with the natural law, the deterministic aspects of the universe that we have no control over. And again, it's how we sway in between. It's the yin and the yang. So no, that was a great story. And it was, the best trip ever. Yeah, that was the best trip when you came out to Australia. All of our, so much love for the country of Australia. You uh, you were too nice to Eddie and I when we were there. Oh, it was too, great. Too nice. It was great. Way too nice. Um, so again, we again we kind of just did a really quick snapshot on mentalism. We're going to come back to mentalism and really get deep into that with the idea of creation. Um, but next week, we're next, it's the next podcast. It's actually going to come out before next week. We're really going to start breaking down more of those principles. I'm really excited to talk about the law of correspondence, the law of rhythm, the law of vibration, all this and stuff we've already kind of spoken about, but we're going to kind of give it a name again, because we're trying to come up with common terms and common language. So as we, as we kind of build on these topics, we're all coming from the, the same understanding. But um, again, Eddie and I want to give a huge thank you to all of the listeners, everybody who follows us on Spotify, We've been getting some really great comments, and it's been really awesome seeing where all the listeners are coming from. Of course, we're we're centralized here in America, so we have a lot of listeners here, but 
we saw we have some new fan. We've got some new uh, brothers and sisters in Istanbul, which we're really excited about. We've seen a lot of downloads in Asia, Africa, South America. So it really just shows this is a human subject. This isn't. This isn't down to one culture. This isn't down to one race. This is the unifying information. And when we start seeing that there's this unifying information, we really see that we're all one and we're all together in this together. And if you're suffering, I'm suffering. And if you're happy and you have peace, I'm happy and I have peace. So we really hope the best and we hope everybody's safe right now and all the love in the world. All the love in the world. Right. Yes. No, seriously. And just think of all of us as one because especially now, as Daniel said, the political climate as that's going on right now. Like try to, if you are listening to this and you are in America right now or anywhere in the world, actually, and a lot of people are, are feeling the vibration of this situation right now, remember, you know, about free will. Remember what Daniel was saying in regards to free will and, and what your thoughts are, you know, where are they coming from? So just remember we all are our one. So, uh, I guess with that being said, digital high five to everybody. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll check in with you guys uh, again next week. And uh, I can't wait to continue these, these principles until next time.